Ladies and gentlemen, how do you are listening to the Synapse Films Podcast, a journey into the world of Synapse Films. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Susie Banyan decided to perfect her ballet studies in the most famous school of dance in Europe. The killer is coming. The killer's gonna get you. I'm just crazy about this store. I've been expecting you. You thought Iron Maiden was a heavy metal band. <laughs> I'll drink my flavor. Welcome to the Synapse Films Podcast. I am Timo Sabin. Some folks in the horror community know me as Timo. I will be your host on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Greetings, friends, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be, of course, checking in with Jerry and Noah uh, with some news and notes. And if you've been following this podcast, you may recall back on episode four, I replayed an interview that I did with Jerry on my old podcast, The Tim Owen Harley Show. Now, more accurately, I replayed part of that interview. And in that interview, we were discussing the origins of Synapse Films and how him and Don got the company started. Well, another part of that original interview was Jerry and I discussing Synapse Films and how the business works and also some of what Don does and the challenges that Don faces in his part of his work. And of course, also Jerry being more on the business end of it, the challenges that Jerry faces and the challenges the company faces restoring these films and acquiring the rights to these films to get them out into us, the collector's hands. So back on episode four, when I said there was more to the interview, this is that more. So I am making good on my promise to air the rest of it. I find this to still be a very relevant conversation and a candid one, and I hope you enjoy it. Now, before we get to Jerry and Noah with some news and notes, I'd like to remind everyone... Keep your eyes peeled and order and pre-order upcoming titles, uh, the 4K of Phenomena, the Dario Gento Classic, and also the standard packaging edition of the Blu-ray of The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. You can check for those, of course, on Amazon, Diabolic, and DeepDiscount.com, and of course, at the official website, Synapse dash films.com also i would like to thank on behalf of everyone here at synapse films thank you everyone who came out to horror hound weekend in cincinnati and also cinema wasteland in cleveland we appreciate all of the support and it was great seeing everyone out again and now as we do on every episode let's check in with synapse films co-owner mr jerry chandler Hey, Jerry. Hey, Tim. What's happening today? Today is, I believe, your daughter Leah's birthday. Happy birthday, my my lovely youngest daughter. And I, and I should also mention that in four days, it's going to be Noah's birthday. It is going to be Noah's birthday. It's a birthday month. It's been my it birthday. Sure it's been your both your daughter's birthday. April is great. Yep. Happy birthday to you, Tim. Well, thank you very much. Uh, and also, it also happens to be 
the one-year anniversary of this podcast. Wow. Yes, this is the 12th episode, so we are now veterans of the podcaster world. <laughs> it's hard to believe that year went by so fast. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, it's been fun. Yeah, well, you know, I hope there is much fun to listen <laughs> to. Listen to you know? <laughs> well, that's up to everybody else to dictate that. I just have fun putting them together. So, I mean, I, I've, uh, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I think I've said this before. I love listening to them because I agree with everything I have to say. <laughs> right, right. So I've never listened to anything where the person is so exactly the way I feel. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so speaking of feeling good, uh, we've been doing some conventions. Let's see. We went to Horror Hound and that was, that was a good time. That was a successful show. You had Steve Roy, Sean and Noah. Well, you know, those Horror Hound shows, I've said it before. I'll say it again. They just get better and better and better. That it was, uh, incredibly attended. I don't know if I've ever seen such a, a large show. And of course, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Right. And then two weeks later, just last weekend, we were at uh, Cinema Wasteland in in Cleveland. And again, it was just, uh, you know, people, (laughs) they want their uh, collectibles and they want their uh, hard goods, you know. I mean, uh, for a while there, it looked like streaming was going to finish this business off. Right. But... uh, And I don't don't think so. I don't think... I really don't think so. I think streaming is like... uh, People always watched regular television or cable television, and there was always a segment of people that always wanted more control over what they were looking at, what they were seeing, and they wanted to collect movies. I just don't think that's right. going to, I just don't think it's going to end, and I think people like to hold things in their hand. And, uh, well, let's be, let's be just completely honest in the, in just in the real world, you don't own a stream. You never own a stream. You own the rights to access that stream from whoever you purchased it from. So if that person should go out of business, then sometimes that stream no longer belongs to you anymore. If you have a disc or a physical media, that's yours. Well, and that you're absolutely correct, and that's actually happened to me. I've seen some of my titles disappear from services that are still in business. So I don't know how that works, but it's happened to me. And uh, yeah, I will always buy the disc and enter the digital code. Sure, right. I do. I, yeah, my, my digital code is a backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, the other thing, though, too, is uh, streaming doesn't really match the quality of playing a disc. I mean, no. anything you watch, you'll see, uh, you know, you'll see that little... Uh, thing pop up in the middle of the screen that shows it's it's loading more or buffering or whatever yeah it's supposed- doesn't yeah buffering it doesn't look quite the same doesn't sound quite the same to right. me anyways right well i mean i live out in a rural area and a lot of us folks we we can't get internet good enough to have a steady stream to begin with so the quality jumps all over the place while you're watching it and it can be it can become so distracting it completely ruins the experience to begin with there's no substitute for disc in my world. In my world, not that I don't stream a show or something every now and then, but I'm just saying, if it's something important that I want, I want to own it. You have to. Yeah. I, I think I think horror fans are collectors by nature. I look at myself when I was a little kid. I I collected comic books. Uh, when the tape era started, I had thousands of of tapes of movies. You know, I've always. 
I don't know. Maybe it's associated with loving horror. Maybe it's just my personality type. I don't know. But I love collectibles. I think when we were younger, though, it was the access to things like this was much more rare than it is today. We didn't have these conventions. We didn't have the internet. And even to find a, a like a Frankenstein poster in a store somewhere was really, really rare. And I think we were trained when we were young. If you see something, get it, grab it, hang on to it. <laughs> you know? And, uh, right. and now, now all of us are full of things and we have to go to conventions in order to sell those things in order to pay our bills because <laughs> we've spent so much money on our collectibles, but, uh, yeah. uh it's a fun life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at wasteland, uh, that was, wasn't it the first time you've been with, uh, Ryan and Jen post post wedding, they must have floated in and were glowing to wasteland. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. It was wonderful. Um, Noah showed us, uh, some of the pictures she took for the wedding and uh they were incredible and these two what i mean it's hard to imagine i know there's some great couples out there but it's hard to imagine a more per perfect couple than Ryan and Jen. it's crazy right but uh we love those guys and uh yeah and sean sean he he's amazing that yeah. guy i've known him for a few years but i've spent more time with him lately you know it's like you pick up a, a stone right and over time, you start wiping the dust off and, and seeing, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you notice this guy's a complete diamond. Uh, I mean, oh, my God. So he's, he's wonderful. He's a great, great kid. Wasn't, um, wasn't that his, is that his first wasteland? First as a synapser. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm, you know, if you work for us, uh, I'm going to come up, I think, in this interview I'm not going to use the same expression twice. Okay. <laughs> so I said synapse and synapser. I got to get my mind working on the next one. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but yeah, no, he's a natural man. I told him whatever you're doing in life, it's not the right thing. You should be doing this. This is what you should be doing. Cause he's amazing. Um, so, or he could join, he could join the circus and then he could, he could be a carnival barker. <laughs> he could. Yeah. Be, I don't know if it's a good job. I think he's got a better one than that. But uh. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I like. I like to shoot. I like to shoot low and then bend down and go lower sometimes. So that way, I never disappoint myself. But uh, he definitely. I think what you're saying is he has the gift of gab and loves talking to the people. That I've I've noticed that too. I've never. I haven't actually sat uh, with you at a whole show throughout a whole show at a, behind a table with him, but I've been with him enough and hanging out with you talking. He just, he just talks and he likes to talk to the people coming up, talking movies and makes them feel good. You know, makes them feel, uh, uh, welcomed. We're going to remedy that because this upcoming show, the, uh, synapse staff <laughs> is going to be myself, Noah, Sean, Angie and Tim. That's right. So <laughs> you're going to get your full dose of Sean and me, of course. Right, right. Well, you're going to so, get your full dose of me too. So uh, two can play at that game, or three, or whoever, however many we are. If anybody's uh, uh, out there is planning on coming to Astronomicon in Detroit next week, uh, we may have. Uh, you know, if you have a, a favorite Synapse person you like talking to at the table, Ryan and Jen may actually show up as well. Mm -hmm. Don. 
may make a surprise appearance oh, if he boy. feels up to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, who else? I think there's uh, some other, you know, synapse people from other shows that might pop in. This is our hometown. Right. So it's, uh, you know, we'll be doing lots of activities outside of the, the uh, convention itself, you right. know, personally. Right. So um, also at Wasteland, it was a speaking of a one year anniversary podcast. You had a lot of the guests wrangled up in one spot. You had Ryan and Jem, both have been guests on the show. Sean has been a guest on the show. You and Noah are on all the time. Then you, for the first time, I finally talked Cameron Scott into walking up and introducing himself. Uh, Cameron and Patty, his wife Patty, came up and talked to you guys for the first time at Wasteland. And once again, he scored a surprise Wasteland exclusive release of one of your new titles before I did even. And he was super <laughs> fired up about that. You met Cameron Scott and his wife, Patty, and he picked up a copy of Tombs of the Blind Dead. Yes, sir. We were lucky enough to get a small shipment, about 150 units, in the day before the show. They showed up at Don's house, and uh, don't worry, everybody. It'll be available. The announcement's going up very soon, mm -hmm. so keep your eyes peeled. But, uh, yeah, so we took them to the show, and people were uh, thrilled naturally. I think a lot of the folks had seen when we uh, – Don ran uh, DCP of it last summer when it wasn't even fully completed, uh -huh. but even then – it looked so good. That's where me, you, and Noah sat and watched some of it. I think that might have yes, actually been right. Horror Hound. That might have been Horror Hound, actually, because we walked in for about 15 or 20 minutes, and I was I was stunned when I saw it. That was Horror Hound. It was stunning. So, so. Yeah, it, yeah, and that wasn't even done. So now the finished package looks and sounds even better. And uh, like I said, it'll be up uh, for uh, not pre-order, but for order. Uh-huh. I'm going to guess sometime next week. So keep your eyes peeled, folks. Right. And, uh, well, let's just tell everybody this is being, uh, this interview is being done on, uh, what, uh, April 15th? That is 14th? 14th. 14th. Yes. Yeah. So it'll probably be available by the time anyone right. hears this. But, right. you know, we tried. Right. My heart right. was in the right place. <laughs> right. Right. Well, that is, we're just confirming. That they are complete, they are coming, and if you check now, if you don't already know, in the real, as as I as we used to say in my old show, the space time continuum. By the time you right. hear this, uh, you should be able to go to the website, check it out, check the look if if not look at Diabolique or something, but go always go to the website first and check, especially if you want something quickly. Uh, as it comes out or as it gets released. I believe it'll be available from both the Synapse website and the Diabolic website. Okay, okay. And so far, uh, pretty good reaction. You had a couple of uh, couple reactions uh, straight off of that Cinema Wasteland already, and uh, people are already pretty fired up about the quality of it, of course. And listen, it would be remiss not to say something about Wes Benscotter's art. For those of you who are new to Synapse, Wes did the art for uh, Living Dead at Manchester Morgue Steelbook. If you open that Steelbook up or look at the poster, it's just amazing. I, I mean, it captured the film so well. So, of course, we went back to him for this Steelbook. 
and yeah, people were just like, Oh my God, oh my, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's so great. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you, it's a thing, right? You know, that art is a thing. It's really something else. And you don't get that, you know, in regular versions of stuff. So, right. Right. I mean, the whole release itself, this is one of those movies, it's always hard to get a good version of it if you've ever even gotten anything of this movie. So it's it's just very cool that it's even out. And now you're going to get three restored versions. So <laughs> I, I don't know if it's actually three. There's a, a, a bonus where uh, we included alternate title sequence that changes the whole feel of the movie. So that's that's there too. But anyway, you know, I should leave that kind of stuff for Don because I'm I'm not really an one expert thing, on that kind one of thing. One thing Don said when he was on the show that I thought was pretty cool is that there's a he put he put together a version uh that's so complete that there wasn't in some parts there wasn't even an English soundtrack. So they just put in, you know, the old Spanish soundtrack and put the subtitles in to make it completely complete. And most yes. of it's in English. And that, that to me, I like that kind of stuff because then you're seeing everything that's there. That's an old Synapse thing. We did that with going all the way back 26 years ago. We did that with three movies pop into mind. Uh, Castle of Blood, where we found uh, European nudity. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that was never seen in the U.S. And we edited that back in. Uh, we took the... TV and the theatrical versions of Brain That Wouldn't Die and Beast from Haunted Cave. Uh -huh. And we just, you know, because they had alternate footage that made one version longer than the other. And we made the longest version. Right. And then, of course, Thundercrack. You know, Thundercrack, we have the full three hours. Thundercrack, according to what Melinda told me, if I remember correctly, Mel Melinda Milk, the uh, Kurt McDowell's sister. Uh-huh said there, there were only four prints of the film ever made. They were sent to four distributors who cut them all differently. And then the longest version anyone had ever seen was a two-hour version, but the most common version was an hour-and-a-half version. We were able to find all four prints, so to speak, or whatever, and edit together the full film. And, of course, if anyone who's bought it the what you could get before our version and now the most stunning thing is in any taped version i had ever seen i traded tapes in the 80s forever you could never hear or understand the dialogue a couple of words a couple of sentences throughout the film but most of it was so murky and muddled and don was able to clean up the audio to the extent that you can hear it all perfectly it's amazing the movie's three hours long. We even kept the the uh, intermission, mm -hmm. and uh, wow, right? You know, so we like doing that kind of stuff. We, you know, if somebody asks us, "Would you ever cut a movie?" It's actually against our grain, right? We rarely do films that have been cut. We will pretty much only do a movie if we could reassemble it to its full. You know, we did that with even with Frat House Massacre. The the director sent us a 90-minute version, and we liked it. And he, I said, do you have any extras? He goes, well, there were some scenes I took out because it ran a little long. I said, well, show me the long version. And I called him back. I said, this movie's perfect. We want to <laughs> do the long version. We don't want, you know, there's kills, there's this, there's that. No, we got to have it all, baby. Right. <laughs> so, And that's a great movie that almost nobody buys. 
Frat House Massacre. Okay, Frat House Massacre. I have not seen that one yet. You will have to. Uh, you have to make sure I get that. Yeah, it's it's got some stars. It's got somebody from Will and Grace. It's got uh, you know, it's got some incredible violence and gore. It's just not as stupid as it sounds. You know, <laughs> that's that title. It doesn't. Uh, you know, inspire confidence that it's going to be a really good movie. But again, I only pick really good movies for, uh, you know, for indies right? because they don't, they don't sell anyways. And something, something that you, uh, write what you're talking about right now, earlier we were talking about streaming and the limitations of streaming. Everything you've just talked about, uh, highlights the limitations of streaming, the different versions that you can just clip, you know, clip over or click over and go to a different version of the film right away. The extra features uh, are not there, also. So there's a lot of other things that you're not getting that you're getting with these discs too, and those are prime examples. Yeah, you know, I when when I watch a streaming channel, which I rarely ever do, I, I do it for TV shows, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's really because I don't have enough room <laughs> on my shelves anymore. Right. Uh, you know, I got stacks of DVDs and Blu-rays on the floor. They look like uh, stalagmites. <laughs> right, right. That. So uh, let's see. One year anniversary, Jerry. We are going. What I'm going to do here after uh, we talk to Noah, and after uh, me and you wrap up here, I am going to replay, re-air part of what I call the legacy interview that me and you did on my old podcast, which really sowed the seeds for this podcast itself. And uh, I did this before, oh, I don't know, it was like six months ago or so. I can't remember the episode number or anything, but it, but I know I did this before, and I did it with the part of that interview where we discussed how Synapse became a company and got together, which I thought was a fascinating uh, story in of itself. And then the other part of the interview was talking about the work that you do and that Don does uh, to get some of these titles out. And you know, you, you talk a little bit about the at length, the length of time that it took to get Suspiria out and other things like that. And it was uh, it was a really interesting interview. So I thought I want to play this again so that the actual synapse. Uh, fans can hear this too because I really enjoyed the interview and it was a fun conversation. So we're going to do that. Also, right next will be uh, your daughter Noah talking about the merchandise. And I know that those were the merchandise was all at Horror Hound and Cinema Wasteland. And Jerry, I would like to report that I, of course, picked up my fair share of Synapse merchandise. <laughs> I would also like to report. That more than one time, I had comments on my Synapse hoodie, and I even had one guy at an antique store in the middle of Illinois, who I even had him kind of hit me up thinking that I was basically a movie executive. And he was a talented guy, and he wanted to let me know. And I said, well, our company restores films. And, and puts things out and right. things like that. But uh, I'm already getting comments about this in antique stores <laughs> in central Illinois. Uh, so very good merchandise, and clearly it catches people's eyes. Right. Uh, yeah, it did very well, and people are very happy with the quality of all the products, especially the uh, beanies, the hats. Um, super nice. And the uh, 
the lip balm is really good lip balm. But what's most amazing about it is that we fit that design on the tube and you could still see it perfectly, which is amazing. I, I would not have believed they could have done that. But yeah, you know, we got things, uh, new products uh, coming that Noah's working on. It's it, it's nice, you know, when, when the products that you can provide like that for merchandise are high quality and nice, it's it's really good. I got a t-shirt, I got to tell you, I got a t-shirt, I went to see Not A Surf, uh-huh. which is a band I love, you uh-huh. know, uh-huh. so... We had tickets before COVID, and the show got delayed for two years. So anyway, so I'm sitting there buying a Not A Surf t-shirt. I get home. I put it on. I go, oh, what's this thread? And I kind of (laughs) pull on it, and the whole bottom hem of the the bottom of the t-shirt just completely unravels. I go, oh, great. That was nice for $50. (laughs) Did that? Did you that, know, but at least they back? didn't charge me tax. <laughs> did that bring you back to like the 1970s when you'd buy the cheaper shirt from the guy pushing the cart around outside the concert? Oh, he yeah, was, yeah, yeah. He was also selling the roach <laughs> clips with the uh, with the feathers hanging off. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me exactly of that. And, uh, let me just say, that's yeah. not an indictment of not a surf. It's more an indictment of the person who's <clears throat> running their merch department. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. No. And I agree with you that yeah, you can. I. 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 You expect to spend more on that because of every because of all of these things. But you are correct. You can give something that's a little bit better than the cart guy outside of the Fleetwood Mac show back in '78 with the road Sure. Clips. I mean, it's it's literally a matter of paying. Six dollars a T-shirt or paying six fifty a T-shirt. Yeah. The fifty cents gets you ten levels higher in quality. Right. But right. some corporations or people or whatever, the the attitude is literally the sooner it wears out, the sooner you'll buy another one. And it's just that's it makes me nauseous. Well, you know their their complaint departments are probably pretty busy too. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you like to keep yours pretty quiet. So that's a good thing. <laughs> so. All right, Jerry. Well, uh, happy one year anniversary of the uh, podcast. It's uh, we're uh, chugging well, along here, doing good. Chugging thank along. you, and 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 thank you for coming up with the idea. And it's been so much fun, and it's brought our friendship closer together. Let's be honest. Sure, it's, that's the best thing about this. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And you know, it's, you and me, you know. Well, absolutely, and I think it's brought you and the company closer to the fan base. I think they actually hear your voice more. Uh, they hear you talk about what's going on, and I think that there's there can be some more understanding if something, I don't know, is late, or they understand why something costs something, or they know what you guys put into a product. Uh, and I think that's good for the consumer, too, to know. Like you were just sure. talking about, what am I paying for? It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm, oh, okay, all right, well, that's a fair... fair that's a fair deal, then, you know? So, And just to know that you guys are fans, and you're one of us you know you're one of everyone else that just loves all these movies too so i've i've been glad <laughs> right. to bring that bring that to everyone too so um onward and upward all right tim well we'll talk to you next time for the podcast and i'll see you very shortly yes absolutely all right we'll talk to you next time and we're going to talk to noah next all right bye-bye once again thank you jerry chandler for the time and folks there you have it tombs of the blind dead keep your eyes peeled for those announcements on how to order 
Now let's check in with Noah Chandler and discuss the ever-expanding merchandise line here at Synapse Films. Hey, Noah. Hey, Tim. Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh, April, this is this is for all the cool kids. It's like my birthday, your birthday, your dad's birthday, Jerry's birthday wasn't too long ago. Your sister... Hey, your sister Leah, who I've not had the pleasure of meeting, it was her birthday the other day too. So, yep, yep, yep. all the cool kids, all the cool kids have April birthdays. Oh, I'm honored. There so you go. honored. I've never made it into a club before. I'm honored. <laughs> well, this is a great club, so enjoy it. it is. Uh, you'll get a lot of discounts at a lot of buffets. It'll be great. So, okay. <laughs> you, now, finally, I myself. And my lovely wife, Angie, we both have Synapse merchandise. We both finally picked it up at Horror Hound. So how was, how was the reaction to, the, uh, to the, the merchandise at Horror Hound? It was pretty okay. It, we definitely sold more merch, I think, at Cinema Wasteland. Okay. Um, but we sold some hats at Horror Hound and a few shirts here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more on, like, just the general... We sold a lot of just discs, right. everything, right? You know, all sorts of movies, every kind of movie, just everything at Horror Hound. How about that lip balm? Some sold, but we were giving them away if people bought merch, which we'll sometimes do. Sure. Um, and people really enjoyed them. Yeah, I think they like all liked all the flavors and the variety. You know that there's just all this new synapsy stuff coming out that wasn't ever around before. So you you thought the stuff did a little bit better at Wasteland then? Yeah, I think so. And I didn't think it was going to be that way, but a lot more people bought shirts and sweatshirts and all that. I haven't done the um, inventory for Cinema Wasteland on the shirts yet, but I'm there's way less than I packed up when we were leaving than when I was going there. So right. Just the sheer slowness of Cinema Wasteland. It's a fan sort of show. Right. I feel like people by Sunday like new what they wanted from Synapse and which shirts they wanted to get and whatever, you know. Right, right. Now, Jerry told me that uh, Atomic Cotton is already working on 2023 designs. Yeah, I'm really excited with the new design. I have no idea what it's going to look like, not even a little. So I I think it'll be cool. Um, But the 2022, we're going to reprint at least through the end of the year. So you'll be able to get them at all the shows or online for all year. How is the online ordering going? Um, Online ordering, we always get a bunch of a bunch of orders right after we leave a show from wherever that show was, Mm -hmm. Um, which I always think is cool because we got a bunch. The first show after Horror Hound of like lip balms and stuff that it's like, couldn't you just get this at the show? Uh But it's like, okay, I'll send you a I'll send you a lip balm in a little bag and a t-shirt. Send it in a giant box full of like bubble wrap <laughs> and everything to make sure it doesn't break. <laughs> right. They, they go in their own, the lip balms that if you order them to ship, mm-hmm. we get we put them in these little Ziploc bags. So if you live in a warm place, they're not going to melt all over your discs or your t-shirts or whatever. So they're secure, but... We get, we've got a lot. Every time we leave a show, we get a bunch of merch stuff online, which is super nice. And I'm like, oh, it's nice to see, you know. What about the international show? Have you had any more orders internationally? How's that been going? Uh, just a few. 
Um, not too many. I think we have to, you know, push, be like international listeners, please order merch. Sure. Sure. And how is that? <laughs> but I know, I know that you were uh, curious about how that shipping was going to go. And then last episode, you were talking about how the shipping was actually a success that, that everything was getting there on time and everything. Yeah. Yeah. He got the box. Yeah. And okay. he, we, we did like, um, we have synapse like paper-based tape. And so we used it on that guy's thing and he posted a picture online. It was cute that he got it and he liked it. Right. Excellent. Um, yeah. It, it, when we put a little extra work into the packaging, you know, it's nice to see that it's worth it when people post about it. And so once again, if people have any questions about the t-shirts, lip balm, the beanies, all that stuff, all that merchandise, they can email you, correct? Yep. They can email me at N-O-A, so Noah, at synapse-films.com. All right, Noah. Well, we are going to see you soon, and we're all going to celebrate birthdays all together. Yeah, it'll be fun. For everyone else... I guess we will talk to everyone on the next episode. So thank you very much. And everyone, make sure and keep your eyes on the website for all the merchandise and come out to one of these conventions coming up too, where you can also pick up some of the merchandise. So thank you so much, Noah, for taking your time. And once again, congrats on this uh, merchandise. And I love it. Like I said, I... I uh, I can tell people, like, when I'm walking down the street, people look at me like, that guy's got some extra class to them, like, when I'm wearing that stuff. And that's, I, I need all the help I can get. So this is perfect for me. I love that. I love that for you. I like the hoodie, too. I live in my hoodie. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've already, That's what I've been wearing. Actually, when we were at the antique store, I was wearing a T-shirt and a hoodie so that if I got warm, I could take off my hoodie and still be representing. Yeah, <laughs> the team here. That's right. That's right. So. I love that for us. <laughs> right. So, all right, Noah. Well, great chatting with you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, and we'll see you on the next episode. Sounds good. Toodles. Thank you again, Noah. Make sure and stop by the website, check out the merchandise, or stop by the table at a convention. And also check out the merchandise and pick yourself up a hat, a beanie, t-shirt, and even some lip balm. And now I invite you to come with me on a trip down memory lane and a conversation I had with Jerry about physical media, the world of physical media, and Synapse Films and how it operates in that world. It's an interesting and candid conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. So here we go. Things go out of print if it's a legitimate company that their license expires, it didn't do well enough, they don't want to renew, or they don't renew for whatever reason. They sell out whatever their last printing was, and it's out of print. And until somebody else licenses the title and puts it out under their label, it's going to stay out of print. Well, that part I understand, but is is the, the amount of time, does it start, does that stop, stopwatch start, when the film gets released, or does it? Or does no, it, okay. it all depends on how you negotiate. Okay. This is all a negotiated term. In other words, uh, there was this guy. It's such a tool, such an asshole. I don't mind, you know, <laughs> if people figure out who it is. But this guy came to us with the movie, and I got in a fight with him on a web on a, a board where he was answering me, and I was answering him, and he finally quit because. He was a lying piece of shit. But he came to us and he said, hey, I want this much money and you can have it for two years. 
I said, why two years? He goes, because I want to license it to someone else again in, in two years. I said, well, no, we want to do this movie. We want to do a restoration. It's going to take us two years to, to restore it. Well, you know, all I, I don't want to wait. I just want as much money as I can get. So we didn't end up doing it because there's no way we could have done it and put it out in the time period he was giving us for the license, period. Other times, you can negotiate a from-street-date license. In other words, you say, I could be, you know, five years from street-date, meaning once you've done all the work and you've announced this will be for sale on this date, that's when the clock starts ticking. It all depends what you negotiate. Now, you've got to have a willing partner on the other side to agree. You either got to agree with them or them with you, but it's usually a compromise somewhere. You know, like all contract negotiations, you got to know what the important terms are. And we don't put in that any automatic renewal because we just think it's a slimy kind of thing to do mm -hmm. to, 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 you know, get win because the other guy wasn't careful enough. You know, Business can be done in a really nice, pleasant, friendly kind of way, and everyone can still make money. You might not make all the money, but you'll make enough. Right. You right. share it with other people, and that's how the world turns, you know? Right. So it's basically it's basically dependent upon the deal, but but it's it's all the above. It could start when you sign the deal. It just yeah. depends on what you guys agree on. So I would think for you guys, you would want more of a street street date kind of deal so you have so you don't feel so pressured yeah, but, to put but, something out but we're notoriously slow so there's not a lot of people that'll give us those kind of deals anymore this is why we're trying to trim, trim down the smaller films and stick with some of the bigger stuff you know but like uh let's see what what can i give you an example of okay here's a good example we had a long license on brain damage and we were given permission to do the blu-ray you know that was our title for a long time and i kept telling don you know don this isn't going to go on forever you know we got to get going on the blu-ray for brain damage and he'd say oh but i'm working on this i'm working on that i'm working on this i'm working on that before we knew it arrow announced the Blu-ray of brain damage. And we said, wait a minute, we dug up. Sure enough, our contract expired. They grabbed it. It was done. That's something we paid for those rights and we were never able to exploit. And that's just, it's one of the saddest things is to buy the rights to something and never actually be able to put it out. Right. So I like putting stuff out, even if we know we're going to lose money on it, if it's a great movie, because, you know, you, know, you, you paid... Right, <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. Well, it's all it's all tense because Don needs these facilities to work at, and what he does is he oversees the work that's being done. He's not the technician himself, but he sits and watches everything the technician does. So, if something needs fixing at that point, or if there's a question over this shade of color or that shade or whatever. He's right there at that point. If he wasn't doing that, if he was staying in Detroit and waiting till everything was done, having it sent to him, and then him sending it back for corrections, it would take add three years to every one of our projects. 
But the fact that he gets a lot of the, the major stuff done while he's supervising, as slow as we are, that saves a lot of time. Right. So I'm an old musician, old professional touring musician. So we would call Don the producer. He's not the engineer. He's producing it. He's kind of standing in the background, like giving the giving the yeah, the okay yeah, and nods yeah, when needed, and kind of guiding guiding the the, the project. Exactly. I'll tell you a story real quickly that differentiates us from anybody else. Everybody's aware of how long it took us to put out Suspiria. It was like five years, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and they were mad at us for ever even announcing it because if why did they announce it if they weren't ready to put it out? One of those years. One of the five years was strictly because that's how long it took us to get the 4.1 or 4.0, whatever it is, soundtrack from Sony. That was the sound that was the movie Argento shot it in. And Don said, if this is out there, we got to have it because nobody does this. Nobody will take that original uh, 4.0 mono or whatever it's called. You know, I'm not clearly, I'm not the technical guy. So everybody out there who's uh fact checking me, forgive me, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, whatever he called it, that 4.0. It's a surround sound. Yeah. 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 We got it. It took us a full 12 months. Stoney said, who could you license it from? We had the license or cinema thing. And then they were legal to probably, well, we can't give it to you. Why not? This and this and this. It took a year to get that audio. Now, it was an extra year. Would you have wanted it without that, with that entire package, But if that was missing? But it's missing on everybody else's version. Everybody else, the licensor in Italy, sent it to, you know, the European versions. Nope. Japanese, nope, we are the only people who have it. We're the only people who have our color correction. The rest was all off that German disc, which was wrong. For us, the question of should we put it out or should we keep trying to get the audio, it wasn't a question. We were going to hold it up until we got that audio, one way or another. So, yeah, the fans, they hated us for that. They were so angry. We barely get by. We make discs, not for the mass market, but for the collectors. And there's not enough collectors to make a decent living. So we barely get by. And if we're not doing this, who's going to? So we sit there and we, we you know, literally Don's hair has gone completely gray since we got into this business. <laughs> we get stomach aches and shit from the, the crap we have to deal with on a daily basis. And yet we forego the money and put extra money into the production and the time and everything to release these. And then people get on these boards and they don't know we're reading and they say the worst shit about us. Still, some guy will say, Synapse needs to be punished for this. They don't buy boycotters. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> kidding me? But, you know, Don stopped looking at the internet. I still look, but I, it doesn't, it doesn't get to me because there's far more people who are quiet, who absolutely love us than the few loudmouths that, sure. you know, have to troll right. to make themselves feel 
like they're important people well, in the world. Right. I used to razz you a lot about The Kindred because I love that movie. And even though to me it was just a good natured joke because I sort of understood that if you if you there could... was nothing you ever said that comes close to what I'm talking <laughs> no, no, about. I, I know, but even I stopped being <laughs> like that because it's like it's just not funny anymore. <laughs> it's just like I don't Here, even want to bother you about it, you know. <laughs> So now we got the Kindred, and it took us a long time to find the materials. Believe me, this whole situation was screwed up. SAG didn't just pull the movie out of thin air and decide to sell it. There were issues. I want you to be on the show talking about this is because I want people to understand when they're on those message boards saying stuff about you guys that you're them. You're them. You know, you are also fans. That's exactly what we are. I mean, I'll honestly say, I honestly believe in my heart that we are God's gift to the collector, horror collector. Mm-hmm. And uh, why they don't buy more, <laughs> they say nice, nicer things about us is beyond me. But look, at the end of the day, I think if you go to the very core of the matter, we're doing these movies because we want nice versions of them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I want to know, and I want other fans to know, that you are us, we are you, and you guys do this and take a long time, and these are the reasons. And that that's a huge that's a huge thing. And this to me is it's fascinating because yeah, in a nutshell, we all know bits and pieces of your stories. Like we all know bits and pieces of yeah, it took a long time for that, or you had a you had a, a snafu here, had to wait to find the negative. But when you start putting it all together. You start realizing what a monumental task each individual movie can be to a small company like yourselves trying to uh, satisfy a whole collector base, which is not easy. I mean, there's, there's so much I didn't tell you, so many little aspects and factors, and each one has to be supervised, paid for. I mean, and there's a million moving parts. And then it's all got to come together. Is there anything you'd like to say about Don's work? His stamp is definitely on the, is when you actually put the the disc in and you enjoy that pristine transfer and everything. Tim, there's nothing I could say about Don's work that you or your fan base would ever truly understand. All I can do is give you an example. When you look at a Synapse disc, a Synapse, not so much Impulse, because he doesn't have the time for that. So I've done most of the Impulse stuff myself. That's why you'll see mistakes that you don't see on Synapse mm-hmm. products. And for the listeners, that's, that's the adult side of you guys' label, right? Right. Don assembles and coordinates every single aspect of the disc. So what does that mean? Aside from the transfer and the color and the dirt and scratch removal and the cleanup, aside from all that, aside from the audio and the 5.1s that we create because the movie wasn't shot that way or the this or the that or the other thing, even the fucking packaging is all done. And I want to say all done, you, you don't understand. I mean, all done. Our artists will turn in the cover art. Our wraparound guy will turn in the text and everything for the back. And I'll look at it and I'll say, this is perfect, but you got to wait for Don. And I'll send it to Don. 
Then I'll come back with a two-page list of words that are misspelled, commas that are in the wrong place. There should have been an apostrophe here. If you look on the 15th word, on the second sentence of the third paragraph, tell me why there's a space between and and it, but the very next word has a smaller space between it. Human beings cannot see that. <laughs> I don't know how he sees that, but he sees everything. He catches everything. And he, he, at some future point, is listening to the podcast and he hears this, he's going to be very embarrassed because the first thought in his mind is going to be, there's Jerry talking again. I missed <laughs> The 15th, uh, you know, comma on the back of the demon's tip-on on the steel book. He didn't mention that. Or back in our third release, which was whatever, you know, there was a, a period that it should have been on this. He didn't mention that. I don't catch everything. Right, Trust right. me, he fucking catches everything. <laughs> right. So, you know, that would be the number one reason if a guy is sitting there saying, well, why isn't this come out yet? It could be because Don doesn't want a fucking mistake. Not one. He doesn't care if it's late or whatever. It's wrong. I'll tell you another story. And Tim, these are all absolutely true. Mm -hmm. I am not adding anything to blow it up. Because it doesn't need anything added. Right. Him and I were at a convention. I think it was at a chiller. It was somewhere. And we were out partying the Friday night. You know, you work till 10 at the table, and then you got to try and find some food. Then right. you're out getting wasted till 2, 3 in the morning. But the <laughs> Ruining next morning, Saturday morning, yes. <laughs> yeah, the show opens at 10, so you got to be there. <laughs> right, right. So it's like 7 o'clock in the morning. I got maybe three hours in bed so far. Maybe, maybe two. And there's a pounding on my door. And I go, what the fuck? And I look through the little hole. It's Don. And I opened the door up. I go, what is it? I go, it's only 7 o'clock. If you're going for breakfast, I don't want to go without him. <laughs> he goes, dude, you got a problem. I go, oh, really? What's our, I mean, I'm not in the mood for this. What's our problem? You know, I'm ready. I'm going to punch somebody. <laughs> you know, who's giving you shit? What is it? What's our problem? Yeah. He goes, look. And under his arm is his laptop. I go, he goes, sit down in the chair. You know, how the there's a bed in the hotel room and then the two chairs. Okay. He pulls over the other chair. He sits on the edge of the bed. He flips open his laptop. He goes, watch. And he hits play. And it's the opening credits to Basket Case, either two or three. I don't remember which one. It's the very end of the opening credits where it rises to the top, fades to black, and opens up on a street scene, right? Okay. He plays that three-second sequence for me, and then hits stop. And he goes, did you see it? I go, what are you talking about? Are you insane? What are you talking about? Did I see what? So he gives me this exasperated sigh, and he goes, watch. 
and he goes back, hits play, and he goes, there. You know, like, you saw it that time. <laughs> and I go, excuse me, dude, I'm not seeing anything. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so I have to show, go frame by frame? I go, apparently so. So he goes to the last word of the thing, and he goes, click, 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 click. It fades to black. Boop. There's a frame that it must have been the the camera or the 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 uh, film element used must have gotten torn or something uh-huh. because it was like it was put back together. There was like a lightning bolt looking line going across one of the black frames where the credits went to black, but it hadn't opened onto the street scene yet. Right. And he goes, we can't have that. I go, what, what are you talking about? Have what? He goes, that frame. There's a, It's a white line going through the frame. We can't have it. I said, why the fuck not? <laughs> I said, the title is due. It's The street date's coming. How long would it take to fix? He goes, oh, about a month. I said, how much will it cost? He goes, well, it shouldn't be too bad. It should only cost about three, four hundred bucks. I go three or four hundred to remove one frame. Well, it's not just that you got to readjust the audio for the rest of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Why? Because the audio is going to be off by one twenty eighth of a second. Yeah. You got to do it. 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 But there was no taking no for an answer. I, if I would have said, Don, that's not important enough for us to miss our street date, spend extra money, and piss everybody off and get all this shit for some, I couldn't even see when it went by. Blah, blah, blah. No, that wasn't it. You can't do that. You can't talk to him that way. Right. Because this is way <clears throat> too important to him. That's like telling Picasso you can't use that shade of blue. You can use whatever you want. Right. But you can't do that. You just don't do it. Right. So I said, okay, I go get it fixed then. <laughs> you know, I don't even know why he was telling me or showing me or whatever. Right. I guess it was his way of saying it ain't coming out on time. <laughs> but for your, for your listeners, this is what I could say about Don. This is what Don is like. There is nobody else in this business like that, like him. He's one of a kind. He's lightning in a bottle. There'll never be another one. And that's why I tell people to be gentle when you talk to him or you post things about us. Because it ain't me. It's Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. If if Synapse is going to be just jury, then you're going to get a lot of stuff like Impulse. Mm -hmm. It's Don and his refusing to settle. There's no... No compromise with him. And that's why you have things that look like the way they do. But that takes time and it takes money. And this is why we're always behind the eight ball. We're not wealthy people because you can't put all that money into fixing stuff up and just sell to the collector. So, you know, look, we make a little extra money on the uh, um, mail order and we make some here and there and we get by. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it's not like those giant, big companies, they don't give a shit. They know people will buy their stuff anyways. We weren't formed on that premise. Right. Our premise, our mission statement was to create the greatest versions of the films ever. And right. to his credit, we've stayed true to that. And really, that's all to his credit. I came from a much bigger 
business and with a big business background. And I, I don't rely on Synapse for my living, but Don relies on it for his. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I'm always saying, Hey, you know, if we want to do a little bit better, we could put a little less here and we could get this out faster and this and this and this. And it's all him. It's all his bull getting gored. And he says, no, no, for 26 years, he hasn't cut a single corner. There's something to be said for that. I don't think there's a single business out there that can make that same claim. If that's boring about Synapse, then Synapse is boring. Because that's the only thing, really, that it's the Don factor that really makes us different from everybody else. Well, and what are your thoughts, too? Something else that I think is, and I've, I've seen this over, especially like the last five years, that, and you guys, I think, were at least one of the spearheads of this, in my estimation, what I could see, is the packaging on these films have really become extensive. And it's become a part of the collector psyche almost with things like slip covers and like you said, the steel books and things like that. Uh, comment on that a little bit. I mean, your artists and the, and the packaging and stuff. I know you guys take a lot of pride in that. Well, okay. That's another very good question. And yeah, we took the lead on it because we had to take the lead on it. We're not funded by millionaires. We don't have any money behind us. Synapse is only what it generates every year. So on Speria, we spent up close to $200,000. Maybe more than that if you count both versions. Probably closer to two hundred fifty dollars or $300,000. On the restoration of the Blu-ray and the 4K Blu-ray, there's not enough people out there, collectors, that you'll ever make that money back. You never will ever make that money back. What we had to do was we had to figure out a way to do a more expensive version of it. The, the key was to sell it ourselves because I'm sure your, your folks there aren't aware. You know, if I have a distributor, my distributor sells to all the, com all the businesses at 50 off, then they got to make their money. So they take 20% uh, of what's left. And now you're left with pennies on the dollar. If I, if they sell a, a Blu-ray, forget Amazon. If they sell a Blu-ray in a store for $25, we get maybe eight bucks of that. And then from the eight bucks, we have to take out the, the cost of the disc and the manufacturing and everything else. So you can see that even if you sell a lot of a certain title, you're not going to make a lot of money. So we did the, the, uh, Suspiria Steelbook, we sold it ourselves and we were able to recoup our money and then we did the regular version. And so a lot of titles may never see a regular version because if we're not going to make our money back on the Steelbook, we're not going to do it. Why should we let everyone have a nice, beautiful version of, of what we paid an arm and a leg for if they, they couldn't even support us? You have to understand, if you walk into a Best Buy and there's a bunch of $15 discs and there's a $40, you know, Suspiria from Synapse, you don't want to say, gee, these guys are pigs and I'll buy all this cheap crap or whatever. It's expensive because it doesn't sell the way that normal stuff does. We can't sell it at 15 because it won't sell enough. 
if you like what we're doing, you literally have to pay for it. If you don't pay for what we're doing, we're going to have to stop doing it. So it's not a crime to throw a few extra bucks our way, you know, for a more expensive product because look what you're getting. Whereas you buy the $15 desk, what are you getting? You're getting a, who knows, maybe a up convert of a lower, which we don't do. We don't do up conversion. Thank you. Uh, we don't, it could be, uh, you know, it could be some one inch master they use with no, you know, right. it is what it is. Right. You get what you pay for. So I told Don, look, if this is the case, if we're going to have to charge people, let's make sure it's worth every fucking penny. Now, look at Suspiria's front and back of that steel book. That front picture was a hugely famous picture from an Italian gallery, as was the prism picture on the back of the steel book. We had to find these artists negotiate through the gallery for the use of those. And it costs a lot of money, way more than if one of our local American guys just did a piece of art for us. So I want everybody out there who has a copy of the Suspiria Steelbook and take a look at the front and the back of that Steelbook underneath the tip-on and look at how breathtaking that art is. That was very expensive. That was a gift. Um, if you look at, here's another great one. And this goes back to, I was going to bring this up earlier, but I forgot. But this goes back to like some of my favorite movies. My favorite zombie film of all time is not Night of the Living Dead. And it's not Dawn of the Dead. It's the movie, the one zombie film that came out between the two. And it's Living Dead at Manchester Moore. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great movie. Yeah, I love that movie so much because mm-hmm. it was like Night of the Living Dead, but not so much like Dawn, but eh, kind of like Dawn. Mm-hmm. They made you care about the damn characters. I cared about every one of them. The shooting was beautiful. That first drowned zombie guy, he was fucking scary. You know, he, his slow, inexorable walk towards his soon-to-be victims goes throughout the first half of the movie. You know, he's there. And you know he's coming. They ran away, but he's still out. I mean, I love that movie. It was just so well done. So I told Don... You know, this is where my influence comes in. We got to do a steel book, and the art has to be fucking spectacular. He goes, I, I, you know, we hadn't talked to Wes, our our original artist, one of our original artists in a number of years. And I said, we got to go back to Wes for this because we don't think, you know, it's got to be, we want something created and no one creates like Wes. The rest of our guys are very good. And they could take an existing art and manipulate it and do great. But as far as drawing off the top of your head, nobody does like, like Wes. So Wes turns in the art, and I, I, I was just beside myself. And I told Don, we got a new problem. He goes, what's that? I said, well, look at the wraparound. Look at Wes's piece of art. And look at the size of the steelbook. We're going to lose this. We're going to lose this all around here. I said, and... Once the steel book is closed, I said, you can't put Living Dead and Manchester Morgue on the cover. You can't. He goes, why not? I said, because we're going to lose. Where would you put it? We're going to lose the people coming down the hill, or we're going to lose this, or we're going to lose that. 
He goes, so what do we do? I said, let's put the title on the spine. So if people open up the steel book, they still get most of Wes's picture uninterrupted. So he said, fine, I'll, we'll do that, right? So then we see the finished steel book, and I said, you know what, Don? It's not enough. He goes, what do you mean? I said, we still lost all that around the edge. I said, we got to, we'll do however much it costs, we'll do posters, small posters that can be folded and fit inside the steel book. I want the complete, uninterrupted art with no lettering, no title, no nothing, all of it included, folded in the steel book as one of the extras. We didn't get anything extra for that. We didn't charge a penny for that. That cost us money. Then we did the slip case because we didn't want to take a chance that someone would get their scratched or dented. That's all the slip cases for. And we didn't charge that any a penny extra for that. Those slip cases are almost seventy five cents a piece. Can you imagine how much we added to the cost of it that we didn't even think to ask the fan to pay for? We just kept it at a regular price, and, and that's it. Because we wanted now, let's give them this, let's give them that, let's give them, let's give them. Because I would have loved that. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have loved that poster. I could look at that steel book and just stare at the art. I don't even have to watch the movie. So, yeah, everything really means a lot. I mean, now you bring you up to right now. I mean, you looked at Massacre at Central High. Mm -hmm. You looked at the O card front and back, and you looked at the steel book front and back. Mm -hmm. And do you know we had no usable art to to work with? I was going to ask you that. We had to search and search and search to find this. And we didn't feel those two arts on the, the slip cover were strong enough. That's all that existed. So you're, what you see on the front and back, that's all shit West created. So, you know, I mean, uh, you get me talking and then I never stop. So I apologize. <laughs> oh, no, no, but, I'm listening. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. There's so much to talk about. And like I said, if anybody ever wants to get a hold of me, uh, you know, uh, my email is steelplate at ameritech.net. You could send me any question and anything you have to say. Uh, I, we always listen. I would just say be kind. We're human beings, just like you guys. And, uh, you know, like I said, if people ask us nice things in nice ways, then we open right up to them. We're not big on, on people who are already in a bad mood when they get a hold of us. <laughs> so, Why not? I don't understand that. <laughs> so, fair enough, Jerry. So, all I've right. been married for 35 years. Do I really need to answer that question? <laughs> right. right. Once again, thank you for listening to that legacy interview and hope you enjoyed it. Before we let you go, uh, last episode, I believe it was last episode, uh, sometimes I do lose track, I apologize. I did, uh, we were speaking a little bit about streaming. There are some select titles that you can stream or buy a digital copy of through the Synapse website. Well, of course, Synapse Films puts out a lovely little product catalog in all of their discs. And if I would simply go to the back of that catalog and diligently read it over as I should, uh, I would have read this before I ever asked. 
VHX. Synapse Films has teamed up with VHX.TV to bring select titles from our catalog direct to you via online streaming. Check out Synapse Films' VOD site at watch.synapse-films.com for titles and information. Watch.synapse-films.com for titles and information. It was right there all the time. Speaking of that, if you have any comments or questions directly relating to this podcast, you can email me at tim at synapsefilms.com. Tim at synapsefilms.com. Now, most of all the other emails and website addresses have synapse-films.com. So remember, it's Tim at synapsefilms.com without the dash. Someday I will earn my dash. But until then, it is Tim at SynapseFilms.com. It was an honor and a pleasure to be your tour guide on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Until we meet again, be safe, be good to each other, and be right back here next time for the next episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. We couldn't be here without you, the fans. So from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for your continuing support of Synapse Films. I'm tired of being upset. Oh, it's